Sony. Hello, Canada. Today's date is July 24th, 2022. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense, Canada's Issues in Under an Hour. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. How are you, my friend? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. The weather is, uh, we finally have, you know, summer and, uh, and it's going to be very hot later this week. We're going to be getting close to 40 degrees. So, Hmm. well, that's, uh, you can have that. I'm had enough of the low to mid thirties that we've had here for the last week. And, uh, yeah, if it's going to be 40 degrees, you can just keep it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. And we've got a good show for you today, Canada. So on the show today, Patrick Brown is running again. Where? Another CPC leadership debate. Jim Carrey visits the Okanagan. Oh, wait. Is Hockey Canada but the first domino to fall? And more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, let's uh, let's just start right at the top. Okay, well, let's talk about Mr. Patrick Brown for a minute. That'll be a, a quick one to take care of. Now, Patrick Brown, as we all know, Canada was disqualified from running for the uh, Conservative Party of Canada leadership. His name is still on the ballot because they were unable to, well, print off 650,000 ballots, new ballots, without Patrick Brown's name. So uh, he's on the ballot, but he has been disqualified from the race. So he is, um, well, he decided if he can't run for the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, he's going to run for mayor in Brampton again. And half of the city council is not thrilled at all. No, because they, uh, while he's been... He'd been, uh, you know, taking a leave to to run for the conservative leadership. Uh, council in Brampton has have discovered financial irregularities uh, in relation to the mayor's office and um, uh, nepotism and a couple other issues. Yeah, and it turns out that. And we knew this, and I think we discussed this on last week's show, that he actually had his mayoralty staff working on his CPC campaign, all being paid for by the city of Brampton taxpayer. Yeah, so it seems that, you know, financial irregularities seem to follow uh, Patrick Brown wherever he goes. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually an issue when he ran for the leadership of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party, um, as well as the unproven uh, allegations, which he he fought and won, of, uh, you know, sexual impropriety. But yeah, there were also financial irregularities dogging him in that particular campaign. So it's something that he seems to carry with him everywhere he goes. Yeah, Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because he's inept like he he's just not not good at what he does or if or if he's uh you know doing it on purpose i i don't know well and uh we maybe uh it was just kind of you know foretelling when you and i had talked about him you know 
reminding one of a used car salesman because that's certainly um, what he acts like. He has his, you know, his staff being paid by somebody else to run his campaigns, and in this case, a, a third-party business. And when I, any interview I've seen him doing, like I saw him on Power and Politics, and I th and talking to Roy Green, same thing. All he did was blame the Pierre Polyev campaign for his follies with uh, the Conservative Party leadership. And then when he was talking on power and politics, he not only blamed Pierre Polyev campaign for the whole Conservative Party debacle, he was blaming councillors who were out to get him in Brampton for his, uh, you know, discovering these financial irregularities running from, you know, as being mayor of Brampton. So I've got absolutely zero sympathy for this man. No, he's always... He always blames someone else. It's always someone else's fault. It's always someone else's, you know, uh, you know, uh, reasons for him not doing well. Like, um, like he even said that the Conservative Party is, you know, purposefully eliminated him from the race uh, because they uh, they're trying to cook the race so that. Polyev wins, and uh, and my first thought was, well, nobody had to disqualify you for that to happen. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, last numbers that I saw of, of polling of members, I think it was forty eight percent were saying they wanted Pierre Polyev. So, yeah, I'm thinking he probably didn't need uh, any help from you know the Patrick Brown camp not being there, considering that Patrick Brown was at the very best in third place. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I, I, uh, I want to clear something up with people because the, I've seen a lot of chatter online about, you know, if you want Pierre Polyev to win, don't, uh, rank the ballot. Like don't, don't make your second choice and third choice. Um, because that helps that other, the, your second or third choice win. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how this ranked ballot works. Like, the only time your second choice or your third choice counts is if your first choice has been eliminated from the race. Well, that's good so, to make that distinction, yeah. Yeah, so, like, they don't assign points to any of, of, any of the other choices just because they're in second or third or fourth on your ballot it, it the way it works is your first choice is the only part of your vote that counts until that first choice has been eliminated from the race and then they take your second choice and your second choice uh your second choice is now considered your first choice but only after your first choice has been eliminated from the race. So if you're picking Pierre Polyev as your first choice, go ahead and pick your second and third choices. You're not going to hurt Pierre Polyev. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. So, so uh, one more thing I want to mention about Patrick Brown, and I just learned this uh, a couple of days ago, is that while Patrick Brown is mayor of Brampton, he's not even from Brampton, which... In the federal or provincial scene, I don't have as much of a problem with because you've got 
well, obviously different agendas going on. I mean, if you've got a, prov a provincial agenda, it doesn't matter necessarily if you're from that actual community. But turns out that Patrick Brown is actually grew up in Barrie, Ontario, which is about an hour down the road from Brampton. So it's hard to imagine how he's connected to local issues in Brampton when he's from, well, what is effectively rural Ontario. And Barrie is kind of right at the edge of cottage country. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, does he live there? Does he live in Brampton? Um, I'm going to assume that he does now. I mean, I don't yeah, know that. I mean, if, if he lives in Brampton, then he's from Brampton. I mean, just because he wasn't born and raised there doesn't make him not from Brampton. Um, I, like, I, I, I take issue with that just because lots of people move. And when they get to a new community, they go, you know what? I don't like the leadership here. I have some better ideas. And I think that's fair. But I, I mean, if he if he if he wasn't even living there when he ran the first time, or or he, you know, was only there for weeks or a month or something like that before the race, just so that he could run there. Well, then I have an issue with that. I mean, I I can say that about you know the the one of the former mayors of Penticton is actually the. Uh, provincial MLA for the riding now and he was the mayor of Penticton but he lived in Summerland he didn't even live in Penticton when he was the mayor but it was, it's only 15 minutes away right and and people in Summerland do all most of their shopping and most people work in Penticton like it's we're, we're, we're connected right yeah, our two communities are connected, um, but uh, but I mean, like, I don't think it's I don't think it matters if someone was born and raised in the town or 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 anything like that. As long as you live there, that's well, that's all that matters. I see that, and the the impression that I was was under um, was that when the when Patrick Brown lost the race for provincial PC, he looked around to see what other position he could run for and it was like oh hey Brampton could use a looking for a new mayor and he went for that opportunity so the way that yeah, the article well, was think, worded that I read it sounded like he did not live in Brampton before he, he decided to go there and run for mayor but uh, I don't know that okay. for a fact so. but, but I mean at the same time you know I mean that that's on the citizens of Brampton for voting for a guy who didn't doesn't have any connections to the community um i mean just right i mean that's that's their that's their fault if they voted for someone who who didn't have any connections to the town um well, fair enough but uh but i i don't know i mean patrick brown to me is an opportunist uh politician you know how uh, Jean Charest will will run for whatever party will get him elected, and uh, Patrick Brown will just run for whatever position he'll get elected. Um, it's that's the definition of a career politician. I mean, they have no desire to do anything else except be a politician, and and that's I don't I don't care for that. I mean, you see you see people who are like. MPs for you know 30 40 years and I mean I don't I don't really care for that either but um, 
but uh, but at least they're not you know just going all over the place, getting elected in different jobs just to have a job in politics, right? Well, that's what it seems that Patrick Brown does. It seems like he looks for an opportunity where he can run, and uh, I think one radio host actually just said. He's got to be running for something, so he just has to find what it is to run for, and and then that even with the when the CPC debate or debate, sorry, campaign began, it was he never would commit that you know that he would not be running for mayor of Brampton again should he lose the the the, the CPC leadership, and now he's just proved it that okay, yep, here's my backup plan, so um, yeah, he's a com- complete opportunist. All right, so speaking of the CPC, uh, the party has decided that there will be one more Conservative Party of Canada leadership debate on August 3rd, and immediately Pierre Polyev said he would not be attending, and then Leslin Lewis, I think, actually made some really good points when she said that, yeah, she's probably out too. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that everybody has their ballots now, and and... I'm I'm willing to bet that a lot of them have already voted. I have. Um, I've already voted. So, I mean, this debate is pointless. Well, see, that's what she was saying. And, and yeah, I've already voted as well. And uh, I, know, I know a lot of people I've talked to have also already voted. And she was saying that, well, A, a lot of people have already voted, likely. And B, she was saying there's really nothing new that's going to come up in this debate that's going to sway anybody's opinion one way or another. And in the back of my mind, I can't forget the Edmonton debate with Tom Clark and what an absolute clown show that was. So I'm uh, I'm kind of cool on another debate too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's completely pointless. Nobody is changing their mind at this point. Everybody has their mind up of who they're voting for at this point. Oh, to- they totally do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is—it's—it makes no sense to have this debate at this point. No, I wish they would have had a third debate, but obviously before the ballots came out. Yeah, I mean, they should have been kind of boom, boom, boom. We're on one right after the other, you know. And I mean, it's—I mean, th- this this leadership race has been way too long uh, as it is. And nobody is sitting down and watching a debate in the middle of summer. No, and uh, like you and I had said, uh, when the the leadership the race was first announced, that you know they should have this over by July. So they, we we should have been we should have had our ballots in already and had a winner announced by well now, you know. Yeah, and I mean it should have been really it should have been online voting anyway. Um, I mean. There should have been, we should have been mailed pin numbers and, you know, gone online and voted that way. And then we could have had the results like that, like right away, instead of this waiting for two months BS. Yeah. Well, it is total BS. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's all we have to say about that. Now, um, let's move on to, uh, the little celebrity news. Apparently, Jim Carrey came ripping through the Okanagan recently. Oh, wait, that was Justin Trudeau with his new haircut. Yeah, yeah, and um, there's actually a little bit of controversy in the media 
about this because the mainstream media was not happy that they weren't allowed to even ask him questions. And if they did ask him questions, uh, they would have had a police escort away from the uh, event. Yeah, I want to get into that because um, I think that was the same with the events he did anywhere. I, I'm, I know in... I think it was in Quebec, he visited a children's day camp, and yet the media were allowed to come along, they were allowed to take pictures, of course, because it's just about the photo ops. But yeah, I think now, we're, were they allowed to ask questions that were already provided for them, or was it just no questions, period? No questions, period. Oh, well, isn't that interesting? It, it was, they were strictly photo ops. And, um, and it was... And it was interesting because, uh, I mean, yeah, he's received a lot of online flack for, uh, you know, his haircut, uh, reminding everyone of Jim Carrey's Dumb and Dumber character. <laughs> and, uh, and honestly, whoever thought this was a good haircut, they deserve to be fired. <laughs> because because every single time I look at him, all I can think of is Dumb and Dumber. Because it really does look exactly like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. And but he was in he was in uh, even came into Summerland and visited a uh, uh, an orchardist um, to find you know to talk about. Um, I guess the the problems that the weather is causing, you know, not his fertilizer issues, but um, but what the weather is causing, and uh, and then jumped on his private jet and flew away. And um, the the jet here here's here's something funny. Uh, I I was. Everybody knows on this show that, that I own a, a a company where we work outside, and, um, and we were working near the Penticton Airport, and uh, the uh, we see this this private jet take off, and uh, like half an hour, forty five minutes after it landed. So, and we were like, wow, that was a quick visit, right? And then I noticed on the tail fin, the maple leaf and everything, I went, oh, that's the prime minister. And I told my crew, I'm like, that's the prime minister, guys. And it's funny because, you know, being in this part of the Okanagan, everybody's conservative. And my crew was just, you know, one of the guys just flipped the, 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 the plane, the bird. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, but the the funny thing is, is that the jet, like Justin Trudeau landed in Kelowna and left from Penticton. And so the, the jet had to make the flight from Kelowna to Penticton while he was in a car. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the flight from Kelowna to Penticton is, and I'm not joking here. The plane is in the air for three minutes. Oh, jeez. Like, he barely gets off the ground before it's got to land again. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. 
Well, that's, you know, that, 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 that carbon footprint is somehow Canadian's fault, though. Oh, yeah. No, of course. I mean, who's, whose fault would it be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but um, no, it's, it's, it, it is not a, uh, and, and I mean, nobody here likes the guy. I mean, he, you can talk to so many people. Nobody likes him. Even liberal supporters don't even like him. Well, and actually, that's something I wanted to, to talk about a little bit, too. And uh, he was, one of his news conferences was on on TV when I was uh, in the lunchroom at work. And uh, one of my coworkers, who is 69 years old, he's very conservative. And uh, it was hilarious because he heard Trudeau talking as he's walking in the lunchroom. And he was had both his middle fingers in the air toward the TV. So I was... Uh, I was very impressed with my coworker. <laughs> you know, it, it's becoming, um, like, I, I have no idea how this guy's ever going to get reelected, but then I said that last time. And, and I mean, it, the thing is, is that everybody, everybody hates him. I mean, like, it is, like, straight up hate. It is, and that's what I'm, why I'm wondering if uh, an article I'd read and... Gosh, I can't remember the, the the source now, but the gentleman was making the point that perhaps the reason for the, the for the bull haircut and shaving the beard and whatnot is that you know Mr. Trudeau is running around the country talking to kids and not taking questions, etc., because he's not necessarily campaigning directly, but that he's attempting to rebrand himself yet again. And I thought, well, okay, man, remember when he had the scruffy hair and the beard and he was trying to be the, the serious prime minister who was, you know, the the father of this, this herd and lecturing us, but leading us through COVID and whatnot. And I thought, well, he's maybe he's trying to be the drama teacher again, where he's putting on a new costume and rebranding himself. Well... Either he's rebranding because he's considering that fall election, or, and this is my my thoughts on it, he's doing this rebranding exercise. He's running around the country trying to show Canadians what a great guy he is because he wants to distract us. Hey, look over here. Don't look at 8.1% inflation and rising. Don't look at the Bank of Canada prime rate that has gone up tenfold in only six months. But instead, look over here and look at my stupid haircut. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's more that he's... Uh... I mean, I know in the last show we said that we didn't, we, we didn't believe that he would be running... Or, or calling a, an election for the fall, but a lot of what he's doing is mirroring what he did last time before he called an early election. You're right about that. And I. Uh... The haircut, he did the same thing last time. Remember, he cut his hair and shaved his beard, and then all of a sudden called for an election. And this time he, uh, he you know, cut his hair again. And he's flying around the country uh, doing photo ops and, and things. So I I don't know. Maybe there is something to this. I don't understand it because even if he wins the next election again, it's going to be with an even smaller minority. 
So, I mean, there's no there's no positive that comes out of calling another election. Like he's he's got it made right now for the next three years. Yes and no, and I'm gonna put it on record here that I still don't believe there will be an election this fall. But that being said, there are some very good reasons if you're Justin Trudeau to call that election in the fall. Number one is that he is starting to get a little dissension in the ranks in the Liberal Party of Canada. There are some people who are now willing to call him out and that can't be good for, for his leadership. So one good reason to call an election to try to put some of those people back in their place, so to speak. Another reason, his ego, and I brought this up on our last show, that he wants to be the first prime minister to win four mandates. And the third That's reason true. that I think he could, he could possibly call an election in an opportune fashion is that if he calls an election in the fall and wins, he doesn't have to run during a recession. Instead, he slugs through the recession and hangs on until the recovery before he has to fight an election again. I don't believe any of these are good reasons for him to call that election. I just think those would be cases for him to call an election. Well, and I wouldn't put it, put it past him to put his personal ambition ahead of the good of the country or even the good of his own party. Um, and that whole, uh, the whole idea of being the first prime minister to win four elections, um, that might be enough of a reason. I mean, he is looking to get out from under the shadow of his own dad or stepfather, however you want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, what better way to get out from under his father's shadow than to do something his father never could, and that was win four elections. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And I guess because you can see the inflation is getting worse and you can see the interest rates continue to go up, we see that three quarters of us are having a, a hard time paying our bills or don't know how we're going to make it month to month. So if things are only getting worse, then yeah, maybe maybe go now. I uh, I do get all of that. I uh, I don't think it's a good idea, but I mean, what do I know? I'm just some flunky from the prairies. Well, the thing is, is that us two Western Canadian blue-collar flunkies, we're right about everything except Justin Trudeau. <laughs> you know what? That, that's absolutely true. So, uh, like you said in our last show, Canada, do not bet on anything we say when it comes to Trudeau. No, every single time we make a prediction about this doofus, we get it wrong. Like, and I'm not I'm not kidding. Like, he just defies logic. Like, there's no way that this guy should still be prime minister. There's no way he should have been prime minister in the first place. But yet, here we are. Yeah, exactly. Here we are. So, um, so before we move on to the big topic for today, I want to uh, just thank the CBC 
um, our national state broadcaster, the media arm and the propaganda arm for the Liberal Party of Canada, I caught a little clip where there was one of their hosts, whom I'd never seen before, suggesting that there's actually a way that Canadians can uh, can can deal with this inflation is simply if the inflation is starting to you know hurt your wallet and you're you know having a hard time making your bills well this lady said it's easy go to your employer and tell them it's time for a raise and if the employer says no well then just go find another job that pays better i thought damn why didn't i think of that so we could have broadcast that to canada on this show yeah yeah when you brought that up to me i was like oh yeah, that makes so much sense. I'm, I I own a business, a small business. I only have a couple of employees, and the my increase in rates this year have already had, have already caused a, a handful of my customers to cancel their uh, their contracts with me. Because we've had to raise our rates just to cover the price of fuel, the, like gas and diesel. Because, you know, at, at one point there, a few weeks back, our gas and diesel was double the cost it was last year. Um, we, my, the, the, the increase in costs from my suppliers have, have gone up by as much as 30% this year. So, like, this whole uh, inflation rate of 8.1% to me is is not accurate because, you know, as you know, in Canada, we don't include the cost of energy in that uh, calculation. And the cost of energy is contributing to um, the increase in my material costs because of the shipping to get it to me. And that's why our, our price increases have gone up by 30%. And that's because of all the shipping increases because of fuel costs. Um, and I've had to raise my rates a lot just to cover these, these increasing costs. And if I have to increase my rates again, just to cover increases in hourly rates, I'm going to lose a lot of work. And then it's going to be, there's going to be, you know, I'll have to probably lay someone off. So, yeah, come and ask me for a raise. And then, and then in a, you know, a month or so, I might have to lay you off because, because the, uh, uh, my customers will be canceling more work. Yeah. And it becomes a vicious cycle. I mean, they, uh, you're right. You, uh, you raise your rates in order to help compensate for this pay increase. And then you price yourself out of work. Uh, like, you know, you as a business price yourself out of work. And then, oh, yeah, here's your $2 raise. And, um, yeah, here's your layoff notice. So now you can go make half of that on EI. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, this is, this is all part of a bigger problem. And that, and that bigger problem is that... Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist here again, um, but there's something going on. I mean, the inflation rate is out of control. We knew it was going to be out of control two years ago when they blew out the spending during COVID. And um, I mean, we called it. 
back when they announced how much money they were going to be spending, we went, oh, great, guys, get ready. <laughs> get ready for the inflation. And, I mean, you can go back and listen to our shows from 2020, and you'll hear us saying that. We called this. We even called for hyperinflation, which is yeah. exactly what's coming now. Exactly. And, um, and the thing is, is that we've got hyperinflation right now, which is making it very difficult for people to afford to pay for housing, their car and food. And, uh, and then we've got a government that is trying, well, not trying, but they are going ahead with, you know, at least a 30% reduction in fertilizer usage by farmers. And, but at the same time, making, uh, Air Health Canada is proposing putting warning labels on red meat products. And um, it just seems like there's a concerted effort to starve people. Well, I mean, uh, you know that by saying you could be seen as a conspiracy theorist means that in six months you'll be proven correct on all this, just uh, as a side note. Yeah, being, you know, conspiracy theories are just spoiler alerts. Well, that certainly has been the way it's been the past couple of years, so uh, <laughs> no question about it. Yeah, I mean, thankfully they did back off on the warning labels for, for red meat, as far as I, I know, but that doesn't mean they're not going to change their mind on that one tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, when you you see this, yeah, there's the, the whole fertilizer issue, there's the whole energy issues. I mean, there, you'll never get any energy project in this country approved again with Bill C-69. But a side note on that, I wanted to say to all provincial premiers, God bless you all. Um, every province in this country is now signed on as an intervener in Alberta's case on Bill C-69 going to the Supreme Court because the Alberta Court of Appeal ruled it unconstitutional. So uh, at least there's a united front in fighting on the, uh, the resource projects. Uh, but uh, that's my side note. Thank you to the you know, provincial premiers for that one. But I can't say you're wrong. It, it, it all, everything is kind of lining up in that direction that they they want us to freeze and starve and all in the name of their, I'm guessing their climate agenda. Yeah, I mean, okay, they want to tax cow flatulence, right? Because they want to make beef so expensive that people can't even afford it. Well, all that methane is destroying the earth, so them cows got to stop farting. Yeah. But they but they they want to make beef so expensive that most people can't afford it. Right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Am I wrong on that? You I mean, are not I, wrong I, I, at all. No, I'm not wrong on that. Um and that that is easier than just coming out and banning beef, right? And which is insane. Because, you know, eating red meat is something humans have done for thousands and thousands and, like, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years. And we, I mean, I right now, like, I'll, I'll tell people, I'm on the carnivore diet. All I eat is steak. Every single meal, I just eat steak and nothing else. Yum. I 
feel better than I've felt in probably more than a decade. My body feels better. My mind feels better. My, uh, I just feel better. I feel good. I feel great, in fact. And I've lost 14 pounds in less than two weeks. I, it's, I just, it's, I just feel amazing. And all I'm eating is red meat. And, uh, they also, they're cutting, they're, they're trying to, uh, in Europe, they're, they're, they've pushed through a 50% reduction in fertilizer. In Canada, they want to push through a 30% reduction in fertilizer. The U.S. is going to be doing the same thing. Um, and all that's going to do is yield smaller yields. So you're going to get less vegetables. You won't be able to afford meat. And like I don't understand what the end game here is unless their their goal is populate, depopulation. Well... Let's hope that's not their goal. As a side note, the carnivore diet, is that the same diet that Jordan Peterson went on? Yes. Okay. It did, it did wonders for him, so uh, good yeah, for he you. Yeah, he, he actually eliminated his, uh, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, he had some uh, um, illnesses. He was able to just eliminate the illnesses altogether by going on on the carnivore diet. His wife, his wife and his daughter uh, did the same thing. Uh, they had some autoimmune. They had some autoimmune issues. All three of them had autoimmune diseases. And by going on the carnivore diet, they got rid of they, their, their their autoimmune diseases. Just disappeared. Oh, fantastic. So, uh, yeah. all right. So let's tie into the uh, the big topic for today. And that is Hockey Canada. Now, it was announced that there was an investigation into a video from 2003 and then also an alleged incident in 2018. And it was brought up that part of the, the fund Hockey Canada has, I think it's about 2% of their, their fund. They've got a fund set aside that actually deals with sexual assault allegations or in charges, etc. And Ari Goldkind, who is a a lawyer in Toronto, he's one of the love him or hate him kind of guys. I think he's kind of a jerk most of the time, but he made a great point. Every corporation in this country has such a fund, but it came to light and with Justin Trudeau spouted off incorrectly in some of his assessments, by the way, and then uh, talked about, well, freezing funding to Hockey Canada. And then now Gymnastics Canada has similar allegations and... As fathers with daughters, Lewis, um, I think we've got a, well, a special axe to grind with this because I know that about the time, probably, I guess, 12, 13 years ago when I was getting my kids into sports and such, I remember a lot of these allegations around, around you know, the, the hockey community especially, and growing up in small towns like you and I did, you saw that being... But the easiest way for girls to get even close to the ice was by, uh, how do I say this, politely, family-friendly, by hooking up with hockey players uh, because there was no way the girls were getting ice time. And I think a lot of this 
culture kind of revolves around that. I mean, good luck getting a girls hockey team. But hey, if you want to hang out with the boys, I guess you could always, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've there's there's a lot of what do I say um, sexual impropriety problems in in society today. Uh, I mean, I think they've always been there. Oh, for uh, sure, we're just more aware of it now. Uh, because we, because girls have been empowered to actually speak out about it, which when we were younger or before we were even born, uh, they weren't, and they were never believed. Um, now, I mean, if you look at let's let's just look at my little town here of Summerland, where we've got a local pizza shop owner who has done time for having sex with minors. Um, and yet people still buy pizza from his store. Um, we had a, uh, a lifeguard at the pool who for more than 20 years was filming the little the little boys in the change room and he's been you know sent to prison and uh for for that as long as well as um sexual interference with a minor and for uh i guess there was a, a charge where he was you know looking after a handicapped minor and was sexually abusing that person um and then we've got you know problems in hockey canada gymnastics the u.s has had problems in their sport uh programs um i mean this is it's a pretty serious problem oh it's, it's very serious and it's I think you're right in the when you say that, yeah, I mean, now girls are more empowered to speak up and people are actually believing what they have to say now. And and it's good. I mean, it's about bloody time that the that girls are actually being believed when they say that this kind of crap has been going on. And it's... I'm, I guess I'm glad that it's coming to light and I... Uh, it's a little rich for Justin Trudeau to say, well, we're going to freeze the, the government funding for Hockey Canada, and now we're going to freeze funding for Gymnastics Canada. It's like, okay, so you freeze funding for any cause that you decide you disagree with, yet um, Trudeau himself has been accused of some improprieties. I'm thinking the Kokanee Grope incident. But we haven't frozen his funding yet. Yeah, no, and that's the thing, right? Like, the Kokanee Groper is one of the more outspoken uh, critics of Hockey Canada and that. And it's like, who the hell are you? I mean, you you yourself have committed sexual harassment 
of of a young woman and i mean i mean that's i'm gonna say allegedly even though it's pretty much confirmed it's just you know she experienced it differently than he did yeah but i just um i it's such it's so rich coming from him i mean he's such a hypocrite and I mean, I always love how he tries to use his learning experiences as, you know, national learning experiences. And it's like, no, 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 your learning experiences, you quit. Yeah. Because because the rest of us don't do what you do. Yeah. Or what you did, right? And it's like, yeah, no, I, I just, I'm so sick of that guy's face and his stupid haircut and, and his... <laughs> His his dumbass lisp and uh, and everything about him. I just I I, I legit hate him, and, and I've never ever said that about a prime minister ever before. Like I didn't like Jean Chrétien, but at least that guy had you know. At least, that, at least that guy had integrity of some kind. I mean, this this guy is just a piece of crap, and I've gotten and I'm just I'm done. I'm done being polite about him. Yeah, actually, I, I you're right. I mean, yeah, Jean Chrétien. I didn't really like him either, but at least you knew where Jean Chrétien stood on 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 issues. Whereas Trudeau. Yep, everything's a learning experience. Everything is, well, this is this is a, a a good opportunity for Canadians to understand. But yeah, it never actually applies that to himself. And, oh yeah, no, my black, my wearing blackface is an opportunity for Canadians to, you know, learn and reflect on our our historical racism and yada yada yada. Uh, no. Yeah. No, no. This is this is your learning opportunity, not ours. Yours. Yeah, and I think that with this whole the hockey Canada and gymnastics Canada, he should not have been the front man because he's well with the with the alleged. Actually, I'm not even gonna say alleged Kokanee Grope incident because Rose Knight did actually say this is what happened. So you're right. It's just a she experienced it differently, and. There's and I don't. Th- I don't think Justin Trudeau ever ever denied it either. He just said she experienced it differently. Yeah, I mean, and his apology was that if I had known you were writing for a national publication, I wouldn't have been so forward. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then there was that allegation at the the Point Grey School in Vancouver, which I'm going nowhere near because I don't know if it's actually true or not. No, I mean that's only been reported by one outlet and it's the Buffalo Chronicle which I I don't hold in very high esteem. Yeah, exactly. So uh but yeah, I just think it's really rich for him to be lecturing on on issues like that. He really should have left that to Pascal Saint-Onge, the uh Minister of Sport, especially yeah. being a female. I mean, she's already come out with some strong opinions, but I think he should have left that file to her instead of making it all about him yet again. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Canada, we're actually going to wrap it up on that note, so it's not exactly a sour note, because it's just Trudeau being a 
poop head, like always. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, thank you for joining us, Canada, and we will talk to you again next week. And until then, it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in B.C. Good night. Good night, Canada.